0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Highlights from the Cliff. It's been a ride with coronavirus impacting every single corner of the world and especially the industry we are interested in, which is entertainment. So we are recording this via Zoom. We are all in different locations, and we have a new co-host with us. So, unfortunately, Whitney is not able to join us for the recording of these episodes, so we have invited a new co-host, Patrick Stanny. Welcome, Patrick. How are you doing?
1: What's up? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. some big topics to cover today there's a lot happening as the industry tries to find its footing amidst this new reality and there's some upcoming releases that are happening especially over christmas that we want to keep an eye on because these are going to be things that change the way movies are watched right
1: oh my god well you're starting with the state the stakes could not be higher with your introduction
0: yeah, not to be incendiary, but you know. No, um, no, no.
1: I like it. No, no. Yeah. This is so, what podcasts are for.
0: So we're going in, we're examining the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four release on Disney Plus, which yeah. is or no, 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 excuse me. That is not going on Disney Plus. The Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four release, which is happening on HBO Max on yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. Day. So this is coming out on Christmas Day, and uh HBO Max is not requiring people to pay an extra fee to watch this title so i think that this is the first time a streaming service has just directly released um what was supposed to be a theatrical film Mm. onto a streaming service and is not requiring the subscriber to pay additional money
1: well i think i think it's smart because i think they saw how upset people were about mulan and i think they saw how much heat disney was getting for that and they you know Took the well, I think that they're taking the high road with it. I, I I mean, I feel bad for uh Patty Jenkins, who is, I believe, a really talented blockbuster auteur. And I I saw the first Wonder Woman in theaters, and uh, it's it's like very rarely am I moved by a superhero movie because they're all kind of schlocky and silly, and melodramatic, and uh, she really. Dare I say she's 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 quite like a vulgar a tourist in a way. And I I, I feel sorry for her because the movie is not meant to be seen on a smaller screen. But I'm I'm glad that people are going to be able to see it. Um, And it's going to give HBO Max tons of subscribers, even for a month.
0: Yeah, if they do a
1: free trial kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, I kind of wonder whether we'll see a spike in subscriptions this month or whether people might wait until after the new year hits and just subscribe for January. Mm. Um, so this movie, the original Wonder Woman grossed roughly $820 million mm. at the box office. So I see what you're saying where you Fire. feel sorry. You feel sorry for Patty Jenkins because, I mean, everybody is losing out on money somehow because I don't think there's any way the subscription price can compare to the 820 million dollar box office that the first one got so it's kind of like how do you measure success in this situation
1: well i just think the metrics have to change and i think for so long the budgets have gotten increasingly higher and higher well not even the budgets but really the the the, those million dollar budgets it's all from marketing right so i think for the movie industry to really survive is like people just have to break their expectations of what is success you know like like do you know what i mean like just set your expectations so much lower yeah you know and 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 i yeah but also those are the only kinds of movies that make money anymore i'm very passionate about this but i'm gonna hold back
0: why go for it
1: no, I just think it's just kind of I just don't like how it's all very pigeonholed into like the industry puts all of their time and money into movies that, yes, are amazing for the bottom line. But they kind of flatten all very other all, all other various forms of filmmaking, you know.
0: Right. It's like the big movies are big and then it kind of crunches the middle a little bit where small yeah. movies can still be small but what happens to the everybody else in the 90% you know yeah
1: exactly like you're always going to have like your your indies that are micro budgets like and they'll they'll have their audiences typically like at the end of the year around like end of the year lists and stuff and they can find their homes on like criterion and more niche stuff but yeah i don't know i i, I think it's a little it's a little silly to just put all our time and energy into movies that have 500 million dollar marketing budgets.
0: Yeah, so I guess the other side of that coin is what do you think about Disney Plus offering an animated musical movie on Christmas in the price of the subscription cost?
1: You mean add it on to the subscription cost? Or, oh is or, soul
0: is soul an actual is soul going to be included in the subscription cost of disney plus or i don't it's going I'm, to be additional i think it's going to be included i can okay. double check this real quick
1: well you know i think it's i think you can do that with a kid's movie though you can charge for a kid's movie because parents will do anything to to quiet the kids down for two hours
0: yeah i think that's why onward saw such a
1: yeah 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 they'll do anything return
0: yeah so i think i'm just curious because onward was originally released in theaters for a handful of weeks before Mm. it was pulled because of coronavirus shutting down movie theaters so that's kind of a different situation where they made people kind of i think they made people buy that movie outright on the streaming Mm. service and then a couple weeks later it was released um so Okay, so I have a question. I'm, I'm looking I have a question yeah. for you.
1: Yeah. Do you like going to the movies? The theater? Oh,
0: I miss it so much. It's yeah. probably the thing I really do miss the most since coronavirus happened mm. because I I'm one of those people, I think I may have mentioned this last year on the podcast, but I try to see every movie that's nominated for the Oscars. Mm. And a lot of that requires going to the movie theater over Christmas break or early January, especially. So this is Definitely a hard time for me. I mean, I love being able to turn on my TV and access thousands of movies on demand, but there is something special about sitting in a room of strangers and enjoying something together that I really love.
1: Yeah. 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 I think there, to me, I'm a huge movie theater fan. Um, there's nothing better than getting like a large Coke and going by yourself. And having this like, it's almost like a, I think it's like a religious experience because if I'm watching a movie on my TV, I will touch that poisonous phone. Something will happen, right? And I I'll will be get distracted. distracted for even if it's for a second. So what I do is I I put my my phone in my bedside table, and I go in, and I lock it, and I go into my living room and try to watch it clean, sober. Wow, you know, unfiltered. Innovation. Yeah, but I'm such a psycho that I'll go back into the my bedroom to just check my messages. You know, God forbid I miss a LinkedIn message. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, OK, we did look up some information on Soul and it does appear as if this is included in the price of a Disney Plus subscription. So nice. Disney is following HBO's lead on this one or perhaps. OK, which one of these occurred first? I think Soul was released announced first so HBO is following Disney's lead yeah yeah, yeah. although it may I don't know if these movies are uh if we can directly compare them because I think a children's animated movie is quite different from a Wonder Woman movie but uh these are both gonna be uh things that people are going to be watching over the holidays so it'll be interesting to see if streaming services release any information about how many people watched or how many households um new household subscribers they have because i've seen certain services kind of releasing numbers especially netflix does this when when they have a huge release they they want to gloat they want everybody to know right because if you don't have the box office you have to release numbers yourself so i'm kind of interested come maybe like january 28th if any of these services release like 100 million people watched Wonder Woman 1984 or, mm. you know, mm. so we'll just have to keep an eye out for that.
1: Well, I mean, the thing about those numbers and stuff is like, there's no way we can hold those, the, those companies accountable, right? So it's like, like box office is like there's at least like a third party element of it. It's like the theaters, like all the theaters can say, yes, this movie made X amount of millions, but I always get creeped out about like, in netflix top 10 like i don't you know not yeah but
0: there's no um there's no check or balance on it it's just yeah like we gotta take them at their word when they say it
1: yeah and they used to not do that at all like before the top 10 they were like so tight-lipped about what was popular but i don't know
0: yeah, so we'll just have to keep an eye out and see, and we'll have to determine whether or not we think these numbers are true that we're seeing. So next time, maybe you'll we'll have an update, or maybe you'll just read it in the news. Either way. All right, so our next topic is all about streaming live experiences so since we can't go anywhere like concerts or fundraisers or anything people have started celebrities have started turning to streaming services and um, live video to have interactions with fans or voters or citizens of the world so AOC played Among Us on Twitch about maybe a month ago little over a month ago Mm. and she was she just played
1: they they did played again last week
0: oh okay so this is like a recurring thing Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. like that okay so Mm -hmm. this is a recurring event now i guess aoc has a twitch account or her campaign has a twitch account do you know more details about this than me
1: i i believe it's hers
0: Okay so she's But the
1: what the f- the one she did with like Elon Omar that was like the biggest Twitch event of all time. That was a month ago. The one the most recent one wasn't as big but
0: but still I mean that's pretty Yeah. Okay so she has a partnered Twitch account which is pretty cool, right? Like you have some clout. Mm if you have a partner twitch account i do know that <laughs> so aoc kind of used it as a fundraising opportunity to um raise some money for coronavirus relief and i'm pretty sure this was uh the first stream she did oh no no, no this was recently sorry i'm just getting my facts straight so that i don't give you inaccurate information everybody fact check yourself um So, okay, after seeing the success of how popular her stream was last month, she decided to do another stream specifically to raise money for eviction defense, food pantries, and other necessities that people are having a hard time accessing right now. And they were able to raise $200,000 on Twitch. So, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome, you know? Like, this makes me think of um, other events like Games Done Quick um and other fundraisers on Twitch that have raised uh, I mean I've seen these people raise millions of multiple millions of dollars you know in a week mm. or in a weekend. So I think it's well, pretty it's like, cool that a one time event for a couple of hours you raise 200k. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's like the 2020 version of Live Aid.
0: Basically. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: No, I mean I think it's I think it's cool. I mean she's she's so savvy. She's so savvy and I I think that Yeah. No, I I, th- I think it's awesome. I I don't know anything about the game though. That's my issue.
0: Really? Okay, that was going to be I my I've next n- question. I've,
1: I've never played it. There's emails like we get emails about like like CMU. Are we allowed to mention CMU or is that? Yeah, we go kosher? to Carnegie Mellon. Okay, that's yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. a fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if they're watching or listening. Um, uh, but they they get e- like emails of like school-wide among us things i've never played it though because yeah i'm averse i don't like those like shared multiplayer things but i think she she'll convince me aoc
0: yeah you so you would so so patrick is saying that if aoc asked him to play among us he would do it but other than that you're not gonna get this kid yeah 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 so among us is kind of like mafia i would say
1: oh i don't okay
0: Oh, Patrick's definitely tapping out
1: of this one, guys. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a game that, like, it...
0: it well, it's this, like this. a whodunit, but you're yeah. actively... It's like Clue, but you're still actively murdering people during the gameplay. hmm yeah. But this one's set in outer space, so you're on a team of people. Um, so you're having... Uh, you're on a team of people in a space station or something, and you have to complete all these tasks in order to stay alive.
1: Mm. But there
0: is one... Um, imposter among the teammates who has to uh, successfully kill all the other teammates before they are found out. And it kind of like intermittently oh, yeah, 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 yeah. allows yeah, you to you vote. Po- yeah,
1: point and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. So I've never played it because I unfortunately own a MacBook and I'm not really, I don't trust like that, you know. So I keep my gaming console only
1: pretty much. You don't trust like that. You won't-
0: I mean, I, 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 know that that my, I know that my MacBook could probably handle it, but oh, 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 I just oh, oh, don't. Oh, oh. <sighs> Macs I thought are not you were built... talking
1: about trust in general. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I not have, trust is in.
0: I, I do have trust issues. That's true. Oh, yeah, but that's yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. like, a different podcast topic here. Uh, sure. It so, <laughs> doesn't have to be. Yeah. But... So um, I'm more of a console gamer, so I definitely have okay. also seen those emails from our school telling me to play Among Us. But I do think you... for me. Oh, I would I I would probably be the person like watching AOC's stream.
1: Do you know Hassan like the guy the Twitch streamer who she linked up with? Are you familiar with him, Hassan? No. Do you yeah. know
0: anything about
1: him? Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big fan. Uh, he he used to work for this organization called the Young Turks, which is like a leftist sort of progressive. Uh, they're on YouTube a lot, um, and he like broke off not broke off from them but like he got more into twitch streaming and um he's just been like streaming for over a year like seriously hey it's like a variety show but it's mostly political like there's if, if people are interested there's a pretty interesting new york times article about him that came out recently about like streaming and aoc and all that kind of stuff but yeah
0: That's cool. I did not know that he actually had like a huge Twitch. So I think that's that's cool. That it is definitely. uh, That's interesting. That does he does he stream about news or does he?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. but it's pretty. It's pretty leftist too. Like it's it's. uh, Um. And it's like messy too because it's not as like clean cut as other. Other kind of stuff. Right,
0: because it's kind of more live live format. But I think that's interesting that to use Twitch as like a news source because if you know that young people are already on that platform, why make them click to a different website, you know, to get the news? So I think that's kind of interesting. Um Yeah, so that's that. And then Oh, I have a question. Yes, you have a question.
1: Would you go to a would you pay for a virtual concert?
0: I have paid for a virtual concert. Okay, you have. I will not say the band name. Why? Because I, 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 I'm going to say some maybe not nice things. Um, I do, I I paid money for this because this is one of my favorite bands ever. And I have been to a live show with them. So I think that may be a factor. So I have seen them live with a crowd of people in a public place. And then I bought, that was about two years ago. So then a couple of weeks ago, I did a virtual concert that they had and they were playing at an outdoor venue somewhere in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And there were obviously no spectators or anything. So it was just the band playing at this venue. And you could just tell that there were, it was just them, you know, because I think live performers feed off of the crowds energy mm. and it kind of informs the performance and I just really didn't have a connection to what they were performing in the moment. Even yeah. though it's songs that I've heard them perform live before, it definitely did not feel the same. And I think it there's something lacking. And I think it's because I view, like similar to how you see the movie theater as a religious experience, I see concerts as a religious experience. Um, and, I think the fact that I didn't have other people's energy around me, like that I couldn't even really feel the band's energy, was made it disappointing for me. Yeah. So have you done any virtual experiences like that?
1: God, no, never. No, no. What's your I'm a, I'm um, hesitation? all or nothing. Okay. All or nothing. You know, so, I, but, I can't. But, but,
0: yeah, it's like I, it's, I, I wrestle with whether I got something out of that experience or not. Because it's like, is it better than nothing? I don't
1: know. Unless the context is already virtual. Like, say, like, Hassan had, like, a pay-per-view show, and he had a bunch of guests that I liked. Well, if the context is already virtual, then I know I'm not missing out on anything, right? And I I would pay for that. I said, okay, like, this is, it's already, there's no alternative for this. There wouldn't even be an alternative for this. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough. I my, my roommate from well, my my previous roommate, he worked for a a big he was the booker at a rock club in New York City, and uh, they were just they really tried to do the the damn thing when it came to virtual concerts, like in the immediate aftermath of the lockdown, and just it just was not. They were not successful. It was really like a square peg into a round hole situation. Um, And it's it's really, it's really upsetting and stuff. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, we have seen artists like Dua Lipa and, with a bunch of guest appearances from
1: people. Well, like that's Miley a, that's Cyrus, a thing, isn't it?
0: Elton John. Yeah, I'm saying, like, that's kind of... That's like the Wonder Woman 1984 of virtual concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So they had... million unique logins from China alone, um, over 5 million views um, total worldwide. Um, And we're still not clear if they were selling tickets for this event worldwide or not, um, because so you technically, it's kind of like a drive-in method where you only have to buy a ticket to get a link on the computer or TV that you're watching it from. So I think, the numbers people from this event were kind of estimating um, that more than one person is watching each stream. Mm. So you can't just take the number of, uh, the number that says number of people in the stream to be what it is, which I think is true, especially if it was like, if I had known that this was happening, I definitely would have been watching it with my roommate, you know, so that would have been two people at least. So that's pretty, that's, that is pretty interesting that this many people paid money for something like this but i think because there's dancing and background singers and kind of like other things happening that you kind of are getting more of that it would seem like there stadium was a lot of- experience oh, sorry that's okay if like you're getting more of a stadium experience with this where it's like if i was at a Dua Lipa concert i would still be way far in the back probably, like, in the cheap seats. And I would be watching it off of the Jumbotron anyway. Mm. So it's kind of maybe more similar in the mm. case of megastars like this. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I like just any kind of pageantry. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, I can't really speak for Dua Lipa's music. I have heard from people I trust that it slaps. But I... Uh, and I like some of her videos, too. She, like... she She actually, like... Some of them are actually directed, which is pleasant um but yeah, no, I mean that's that's interesting that you said, like it's similar to being in the back and watching it on the jumbotron, which is ninety seven percent of people's experiences at concerts um hmm I don't know i none of my Oh, you know what you know what I've been really enjoying this is this is on topic, I swear to God. Um, these verses battles, do you know do you, have you heard of this? Verses No on why is this? Instagram live. So they've pitted typically like rappers or r and b artists who perform their hits as if they were you know battling, right? So those are immensely popular. And um, I I do watch that because it's something that you again you you would never get right like Jeezy and and Gucci Mane familiar yeah Gucci Mane yeah 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 you know there's like a a, a feud between them dating back 15 years they reunited for this one event and they would just go back and forth like hit for hit and I gotta say that was that was great. Oh, wow. and what's even better is the chat in Instagram Live. That's what it's is, at. Oh, my God. I, because oh, it, gets, it gives you an,
0: an, some semblance of interaction with other people.
1: Yeah, but I will say it is silly when, like, like when Gucci Mane was playing Lemonade and I was just kind of, like, by, by, my, by myself, like, bobbing my head. That is silly, though, as a solo experience.
0: It does kind of make you feel like you're at a silent disco. <laughs>
1: Have you ever been to one of those? I have not, but I think I, I would enjoy it. Yeah, with the headphones on, just like
0: yeah, because at least you would like know that other people are there too. So I think I kind of see uh-huh. how. Yeah, this is interesting. It's just an interesting t- trajectory. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there will be just this resurgence um, of these kinds of events after we have a vaccine. Mm. Just because it just gives so many people more, ac- much more access to these events than they would have, you know. Like obviously a seven dollar streaming pass is way more affordable than a hundred dollar ticket to a stadium concert. Yeah. So it's kind of an And I you don't have what- the,
1: you, the the venue won't make it on beverages, parking, all that other kind of stuff, which is super important.
0: Yeah. So maybe this will become more of like a supplemental thing, you know? Um mm. But I guess we'll just keep an eye on this. i I really do miss live events, though. So I will be the yeah. first person buying tickets for shows and movies after we have a vaccine. So um let's transition this topic over to some um some other celebrity news. So um we have an artist who or an actor who has just come out as trans, which I, love to see queer people owning their truth and living an authentic life in a safe healthy way so congrats to elliot page for coming out as trans on his instagram and other news sources Um, this was really unexpected news to see i was just i happened to catch this about five minutes after he posted so i was like really at the top of the this breaking news while it was happening and um his Instagram profile picture is not super clear. It's kind of like a um mm. overwashed um overexposed photo of him. So I was kind of scrolling through my Instagram and I just saw this square that had a bunch of text on it and I kind of scrolled past it and I didn't really give it much attention um because I think with Instagram more and more I'm drawn into the videos and the reels and the the um multiple photo posts so I think seeing this text was just like oh I'm not going to read that right now but then I kind of went back and I was like wait who is who is this because I was like I don't even know who this person is that I'm following so I clicked his page and I was like oh oh my gosh it's Elliot Page and then I actually did read the post so in their post um, they reveal their new name is Elliot and that they're very happy to be at this place to be able to share this with the world um, and then they also do acknowledge that trans people face um, much higher rates of violence than cis people do. And they are at high, high risk of um, attempting suicide compared to cis people. And she, um, he did place the um, the attention back on Black and Latinx trans women um, because they do have a very high murder rate, which is unfortunate and just not fair. Um, so... They did bring attention to that, which I think is good because they are very much like an activist in their life, you know, ever since Mm. they've, um, I think it's very interesting that Elliot has come out twice on social media, essentially, like both Mm. times were kind of these social affairs because, um, the first time they came out, um, they were at a speech fundraising event i think or they were being awarded something for um just the activist work they had done so far and they came out as a lesbian at that point um as gay rather um so that video circulated on youtube a lot so that was kind of the first social element to it and then this is an instagram post and it's been circulated widely on instagram so i um yeah what's your uh what's your reaction to seeing this news
1: oh i mean i'm extremely happy for them i mean that undoubtedly took it's really hard to be unfortunately show business sometimes uh doesn't award courage and it's it can Mm -hmm. be very hard because uh, you have so many voices in your ear and i'm extremely excited and then you know happy for them and i'm also really pleased that I saw Netflix uh, changed their name on the show that they're in. Like immediately, like showing that kind of like level of, of really like dignity and respect is, is like great news for, for the world, I think. And, and how things are, are changing. I don't know. I mean, this, I'm Elliot's been in my life. I feel like they've been in my life for a long time films mm-hmm. I've seen television and they they host a great show on Viceland. Did you ever catch that show?
0: Oh um, gaycation
1: Gaycation, yeah I did
0: I watched all of it.
1: Oh, yeah, which is like such eye-opening documentary activism. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, um I think it's really cool that this is pretty much the first time. I've seen a person come out as transgender and the media immediately respects all pronouns, mm. respects the new name, is not dead naming this person. Um, there's no mention of former name. You know, it's just very human and I, yeah. I hope this is a precedent that is set in the industry and in perhaps in all journalism that respects trans people. On the yeah, basic they're, level,
1: they're sh- they're they're showing how easy it is to show someone a, a, a level of dignity.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think like the fact that Netflix and The Umbrella Academy immediately changed is a really good sign mm. um, to show that maybe, like you're saying, it's easier than we thought to just <laughs> respect people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's
1: like a yeah,
0: yeah. So we wish Elliot all the best um, as they are navigating. Um, this new reality of the world seeing them for who they are so congrats Elliot
1: yeah come on the podcast
0: oh my gosh I would die I would just be fangirling so much I would be like you are an inspiration to me all right so our last couple topics here are about creator integrity and Mm. Um, ownership of content and power when these situations where you're up against these titans of the industry. So I don't know if anybody has seen this. This is kind of um, really big news in my opinion. This is the first time I've ever seen something like this occur. But Dave Chappelle was able to get Netflix to remove Chappelle's show from the platform entirely after he um, made claims that he was not fairly compensated by cbs viacom so um would you like to give some more detail about this patrick
1: yeah have you have you seen the the little IGTV special he put up
0: i did i did not but i did okay. hear you tell me about this once but do you want to refresh my memory right.
1: sure 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 so he he did this little instagram uh tv 18 minute comedy special i i highly recommend everybody watch it um and he detailed how when he was getting the Chappelle show started he you know his wife was expecting their child and and he was broke and you know the suits at viacom comedy central laid out the the contract for him and he did it because he had to right he had to he had to eat essentially and There's a clause in the contract that says, we will we own your likeness, blah, 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 in perpetuity. And the special is all about him sort of reconciling with the fact and how unfair and cruel it is that these conglomerates own, they own, you know, your face, they own the sound of your voice, they own your body on camera for... In perpetuity, forever, and um, how when Chappelle' show is streaming on these on these uh, services, I know it's on HBO Max, it's on CBS too. He doesn't make one one dime off of that, and um, that's you know. That's not right. I don't I don't think that that's that's right. Um, It's it's a weird thing, because for many hundreds of years, um, like artists were kind of just like mercantile craftspeople, right? So it would just be like, be like, if you'd you'd go to the the marketplace, and you'd want a barrel, right, you would go to the Cooper and the Cooper would make you the barrel that's that's i own that okay but but like you know in the 20s and 30s and like you have these big studios you start to have agents and especially like in the like the 80s when like agents became uber 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 powerful like you know it becomes much less about the artist giving you the audience member the experience it's or i'm sorry when you stream a song, right, or when you rent a movie off of Amazon Prime, that money is diluted into a thousand different tributaries as opposed to just going to the artist. And um, a lot of these artists, too, when they sign these contracts, they're typically not doing so great financially. So it's like, of course you're going to sign it. Of course. Of course. Have you seen a movie called um, *Lewin Davis?
0: No, I have not.
1: So, the, so in the movie, Oscar Isaac plays a, a, a folk musician who is playing in the West Village. And he goes to record this song, kind of cheesy 60s song that's for the space program. And he goes to this big, big studio. Do you know who's in the, in the movie with him playing the song? It's a great cast. Adam Driver and Justin Timberlake. They all have a little duet. It's a very, very nice. Wow, that's cute. Um, I I it actually is very cute. And um at the end, I mean, he this guy, Oscar Isaac in the movie, is broke. He is broker than broke. And the the agent guy comes up, or the the label guy is like, all right, uh, so you, we gotta get this set up for you to get royalties, blah, 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 He's like, No, 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 no. I just want to check because he's so broke, right? He he just he's just looking for the next thing. He's just like, "No, no, no, I want to check."
0: Mm, yeah.
1: That's but but there's no help there. There's no help from the label to be like, "Hey, maybe you want to like do the paperwork to get the royalties." Do you know what I mean? It's like
0: Yeah, when you uh I think when people are starting out, when you're quote-unquote starving artists, you know. Mm. Um you're signing a contract At the beginning of the career at the beginning of a project and it it, that is what the the inherent risk of the thing is right like you don't know what's going to happen in two or three years off of this one product that you made and i do think it is super wrong that dave chappelle has not been properly compensated for his work um, especially if he's got things like producer status or even like, even as an A-list talent, I mean the show's named after him for yeah. for God's sake. So yeah. you would think there would be some um, residuals or some, some uh, royalties coming in for him. So I think that that is definitely a huge thing that he's highlighted. And he kind of linked it back to the fact that his great grandfather was a slave until he mm. was 10 years old. And he said, you know, I wonder what my grandfather would think of all this because he would see me and probably think this guy got bought and sold for more than I have.
1: Mm. That's a
0: direct quote from Chappelle. So I think that is an interesting way of framing kind of the what, what we are buying and selling in this industry. Mm. You know, is it art or do you really are you really able to separate art from a human being? Um, So I think the fact that Netflix listened to him and to his grievances and took down the Chappelle show uh, is a good sign. But I think my question now is, are they going to give this man the opportunity to renegotiate so that he can be Mm -hmm. fairly compensated and then Netflix can put the show up again? Or what is going to be the ramification of this? Because we only know what's happened up to this point. So we're just speculating.
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, now he's in a financial position to dictate the terms, though. Um, but, you know, he had to get to that position to even dictate the terms, right? So, yeah. I don't know. It, it makes me... Do you? Are you a Patreon person?
0: I am not, but I have friends and siblings who are all behind it.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I definitely... I like using, I subscribe to two podcasts on Patreon just because it's like, okay, this is just going to them. Like, yeah. I like the good that I'm getting and I'm going to support that directly, you know. And of course, like, they have their own agents and managers and stuff, but, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, so That's,
0: on the topic of ownership and you know, having power in situ in negotiating table situations. Um mm. Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun are still having beef happening.
1: Mm.
0: Um there's speculation of whether Taylor Swift is recording her master her master songs, um, re recording them so that she can make more money off of them. So to kind of lay the stage for this topic a little bit, um, Taylor Swift has not been happy with, uh, her contract ended with her original manager. So she had a, um, deal to make six albums and she has made six albums so she can kind of do whatever she wants. Now she's powerful enough where she decided that she wanted to break from Scooter Braun and Ithaca Holdings, um, LLC. So uh, she is now saying, I don't really like the way I've been treated by you, so I'm going mm. to take my songs and re-record them and make money off of those copies in perpetuity. Which essentially is kind of putting a stopper in the bathtub for Scooter Braun, because he's now got all of these records and master copies that, I mean, technically you could re-license them. But Taylor Swift at any point could stipulate, oh, no, I don't want you to use the original version of Bad Blood. I want you to use my re-recorded version of Bad Blood in your movie,
1: Mm. which
0: is cutting off any royalties that Scooter Braun could retain from those masters. So while it would appear that those original masters are worthless, this is not true because he sold them for $300 million to a different label um so no i thought he sold it
1: they were like a hedge fund
0: oh is that the situation he sold it to a hedge fund
1: that's the i believe that is the most recent sale like of 2019 as per 2019 or some some investment holding they like own i i don't know maybe i'm here let me look this up this is great podcasting the buyer and investment fund is yet is as yet unknown, but the deal is believed to be north of three hundred million and closed in the last two weeks.
0: Okay, thank you for that information that is definitely necessary. so either way, scooter still made a, like a pretty penny off of these original masters, so maybe this company that acquired them won't be able to do anything with it, but they're taking down that risk. And betting that in the future they'll be able to do something with them. I think it was pretty smart of Scooter to cut the loss and just kind of take a lump sum on this one because there's really I don't really see another pathway forward for that for him in this situation. Um, I think Taylor Swift is a machine in and of herself, and she kind of has free reign of how she wants to treat the industry. Hmm. So what what's your impression of this whole situation because you are are you a Taylor Swift fan I
1: guess is my first question am I a Taylor Swift fan Um, you know it's so funny she is someone who I think is so interesting because she inspires so many different reactions from people I think she's a good musician I don't listen to her music a lot but some of it slaps um What do I think? Well, oh, I'm glad she's taking it back. I'm glad she's reclaiming those those songs. And I'm I'm glad that like she she will she's kind of like rectifying that, but it must be, feel so helpless to have your your music just because here's the thing, if it's being sold to a, an investment firm, it just becomes lines on a computer, right? It just becomes lines on a computer, and it's just insane that this that these I mean I guess you could call them yeah they're works of art they're just like passed around like like uh you know like condos in Williamsburg you know what I mean it's just it's just numbers on a computer and it's just it's kind of nefarious no like
0: I I mean I don't I don't really know what I think because I think Taylor Swift is not the average artist mmm you know, like, I think this might be – this is, like, a good signal that once you're rich and powerful, you have the ability to do whatever you want. But ah, I don't but th- she was I don't, rich this, and
1: powerful and had no power.
0: Yeah, I think this doesn't change anything for, you know, Dave Chappelle at the beginning of his career, or Taylor Swift at the beginning of her career. Sure. You know, so sure. I don't really know what – to what end this this whole fiasco is going to hmm. result I don't really i think it kind of comes across as a petty feud between these two individuals but then it on the other hand on the next layer out it obviously has ricocheting effects for every other facet of the industry because yeah everybody knows even if let's say you're in a walmart (laughs) and you're just shopping and a new song comes on over the speakers you might not know the name of the song, but you can probably identify the fact that it's Taylor Swift. Sure. You know. So, I think it's going to touch a lot of um other areas of of entertainment, even as mundane is walking through Walmart sure. listening to the music over the speakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I just I'm kind of interested to see what happens once she releases her re-recordings. Because mm. it's kind of like, can you really get fans to understand the situation, first of all? Because this is very complicated. You and I are studying this, and we barely can tell people what's happening with it. Um, these are... Yeah, it's like high-level high, high level business decisions are being made. Um, yeah. And will fans follow? I mean, no. they'll follow Taylor Swift, but will they no, understand... Those fans
1: are on a different level, too. I mean, yeah. they...
0: I mean, maybe the mega fans will delete all the Spotify's that they downloaded, you know, and then re-download the new ones. But I think the normal person, like if I'm going to go listen to Bad Blood, I'm just going to go click the first search query that comes up. Well, that's what the that's
1: that's what the that's what the hedge fund investment bank is is banking on too. Yeah, so maybe there will still
0: be money coming in from streaming. Could be how they're both making money, and then you're split. And then maybe Taylor Swift is ending up splitting that money yeah. right like she's there's no way you can tell if you're getting 100 percent return on the, the new recording so
1: yeah so so that makes her she has to tour more right i mean she'll she'll it's lights out i mean if she's gonna go mm-hmm. on a tour it's lights out financially but uh yeah yeah so i mean all i think i think all my favorite musicians if they're also i don't i don't know if, barely any who own their masters
0: yeah it's pretty rare it is pretty rare just because when they recorded them they d- they weren't in a position most of the time to own all of that yeah. recording equipment have their own studio yeah. producers to mix it so, you know yeah. so we'll just see what happens with this and that kind of wraps up all the news for the past month or so um there's there's much coming up so just looking ahead we are graduate students and our semester is ending very soon so you may not be hearing from us until the new year but i just want to say thank you patrick for joining our show it's been great
1: it's been lovely i love the conversation
0: yeah and i look forward to having many more in the new year so we will see everybody in 2021 please be safe healthy stay at home if you're in los angeles
1: Mm. and pittsburgh Because the pandemic still exists in Pittsburgh.
0: True. No matter where you are, stay home. But L.A., we just got a stay-at-home order today. So do the right thing. We'll be hanging.
1: Thanks, guys. Music for this week's episode was brought to you by Blue Dot Sessions. You can check out this track, Palms Down, by Blue Dot Sessions at sessions.blue. That's S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S dot B-L-U-E.